morning once again to all of you and uh, this weekend, yes, as Pastor Karen mentioned, it is our LCS Emphasis Weekend and it's something very dear to my heart and I'm so glad to be able to, to share uh, and share my heart this morning. The title of my message this morning is called Prepare for Impact. Prepare for Impact. Okay? When, you, when, when I first thought of this, this title, this message, right? Every time when we think about preparing for impact, it's talking about like, almost like bracing for impact. Brace for impact! Brace for impact! It's always something that is, you know, if you're going to crash, if you're going to, something is going to happen, it's a huge impact, right? It says brace for impact. When the pilot goes, brace for impact, you're going to be in a brace position so that when, when the plane crash lands or whatever it is, right, you will be in that brace position to, for, for the least effect upon you. But then I read a story about World War II that changed my understanding and, and I hope that it will also help you understand another, another way of looking at this, let, this title, Prepare for Impact. During World War II, the British sent bomber planes to raid Berlin. The nightly raid, okay? This, they sent bomber planes to raid Berlin. Nightly and they were bombing Berlin every night. But one night, the German army had a counter-attack. So the fighter planes were attacking the bomber planes and the British, the British fighter planes lost one of their bomber planes. One of the bomber planes got derailed and flew off during the dogfight and was targeted by the German fighter plane. It was in such close range and finally the German, the German fighter plane shot at the British bomber plane, okay? And it fired five bullets into it. Bam, 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 bam. Right into the fuselage of the plane, very near to the fuel tank. Now, the, the crew, the entire crew was bracing for an impact. The entire crew was actually ready for the plane to explode. Because at such an impact, with such close range, it sure explode. Fuel came out, from the plane, but guess what? The plane never exploded. The plane never exploded. In fact, the plane even managed to land. What happened? They were preparing for impact. They were preparing and bracing themselves for a huge explosion and everybody was going to perish. And somehow it had bombs inside. Can you imagine the, the magnitude of the explosion? It never happened when the mechanics pulled out those five bullets from the body of the plane and passed it to the pilot, the pilot examined the bullet and opened the tip of the bullet and looked at it. And inside those bullets, they were empty. They were all blanks. They only had one small little piece of paper inside which had this note written. It was written, we are Polish POWs forced to make these bullets. They are Polish prisoners of war in Germany forced to make these bullets. When they are not looking, we don't fill these bullets with explosive. It's not much, but it's all we can do.
not much, but it's all they could do. But as an effect of what they did, that small thing that they did of not feeling explosive, not feeling gunpowder into, into the, those bullets, the entire crew, the entire bomber plane crew, and, and probably a lot of the rest, if they had crash landed or they had exploded somewhere, it would have affected many, 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 many lives. But because of the small things that these POWs did, prisoners of war, which seemingly to men, they are insignificant, they are probably, you don't even remember who they are, they are, not, they, are, they, they are prisoners, thinking that they will not make an impact, but whatever they did, that small thing that they did made such a huge impact that today, since 1930-something, 1940-something story, till today, in 2019, we are still hearing it now. Prepare for impact. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 and 28, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world, that the despised things and the things that are not, of, not, are not to nullify the things that are. I love this verse because, you know, you'll never understand your impact. Just like those Polish prisoners of war never understood that impact that they would make by not filling in any explosive. Just like how the efforts that you and I can make in the lives of people today that can make a lasting and long-lasting impression, long-lasting impact in the days to come. To the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you are the world. I love this quote. To the world, you may be one person. Yesterday, I, was, I just found out Malaysia has 34 million people, something like that, yeah. To the world, you are just one in 34 million. In, in, to Malaysia, you are just one in 34 million. But you know what? To one person, you are the world. Because of your impact, because of what you decided to do, because of the, the giving, because of your sacrifice, you are the world to that person. I was asking the Lord. I said, God, show me a church from your word. That is can, that no we 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 can emulate we can exemplify that, that can be exemplified and that would be the church really God I would really like to see how how glad tidings can be more and more like this church I pray in my heart that you know this would be something that as we see our church as we see God giving us this beautiful place God giving us this beautiful people this place would be a place that would reflect the glory of God that will reflect the love of Christ through all that we do. Which church am I talking about? I'm not talking about the lukewarm church of Laodicea. I'm not talking about the church in Sardis as mentioned in, in Revelations as the dead church. No, I'm referring to the church at Philippi. The church at Philippi. This church was quite a different church. All this while, while studying the book of Philippians, okay, when you read the book of Philippians, it's Paul writing to the Philippians, right? And all this while, reading from the book of Philippians, I've always seen it as a book from Paul's point of view. When Paul shares from this book, right, he talks about how, you know, to rejoice in the Lord. You know how many times he says rejoice, right? Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice through your suffering. Rejoice. Rejoice. So those who are taking exams, rejoice in the Lord. Yeah. Your chains will be broken soon. No more. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's talking about rejoicing. He's talking about asking people to, to I remember buying this book, uh, uh, study, study devotional book, and it was titled, Joy Under Pressure, the study of the book of Philippians. So it's always about understanding joy through 
through suffering. But I never saw it from the other way around of how impactful this church was during that time. I never saw how impactful the church at Philippi was at that time that made Paul really appreciate this church so much, wrote to this church and the way he wrote to this church and and what they did throughout his life and his ministry. In fact, Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 5, you know, I thank God for your partnership in the gospel. I thank God for your partnership in the gospel. It was a partnership that the church had with him to, so that he could continue his work of the ministry. And, and when I looked at it from that point of view, from the point of view of the church, I said, wow, God, may this be our church as well. May this be emulated by all the churches in the world as well. Because this is such a testimony of, of, um, of the way they manifested what they believed in. So, let's see what this church was and how we can learn from it and how we can have that kind of reputation like how this church had as well. Sometimes people call it in marketing, product positioning. How do people see our church? How do, we, how do people view this church? Many years ago, when, when chocolate milk was first launched, it was not popular amongst adults. Because it was positioned as a product that was for children to drink, was a children's drink. But in order to increase market shares, what they did was they started positioning this product to be a health drink. A health drink, flavoured health drink. And that was good, nutritional, even for adults. In fact, we have a friend, I have a friend in the US that runs marathons and he is an ambassador for one of the chocolate drinks and every time after he finishes his marathon, he will pose with that, with the chocolate drink and say, you know, this is the post-marathon recovery drink. It's a chocolate milk, yeah. So it's product position and as a result of that, sales of chocolate milk went up. So today, I want to say this, how does the church, how how do people around us view us, the church as a whole? Do they see us as a church, as as people with compassion? Do they see us as people who really love beyond the borders of these four walls where people next to you look good, smell good and, 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 and are comfortable to be with? Or do they see us as people who accept all? Every form, every type, whether rich or poor, whatever status they are, do, we see, do they see us as a church that gives and cares for all. So let's look at the book of Philippians and let's understand how amazing this church was. Firstly, oh, I'm going to put this in a simple acronym, P-E-G, so that all of us can remember and the children also can write this down. Okay, P-E-G. Okay, very simple, PEG. What was so amazing about this church? Firstly, they were a prayerful church. They prayed. They prayed. Philippians 1.19 says, Yes, I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Paul talks about that they prayed. 
They were praying for him through your prayers. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision, this was a church that was praying for him, that was continuously praying for all the works that he is doing, for, was continuously praying for when he was going through his suffering, was continuously praying when he was in lack, was continuously praying when he was going on to his missionary journeys, and so on and so forth. So on and so forth. This was a church that was praying that through your prayers, it's so important that we continue to pray. And I'm going to bring this back to the work and ministry of LCSB. All the ministries that you see are definitely birthed out of prayer, of, of, uh, all, of whatever, you know, of, of God putting the burden in our hearts. But you know, this ministry that we are dealing with, it's a ministry where literally it is a snatching and it's a tug of war between life and death, between darkness and light. It is literally a ministry that is standing in between darkness and light. A lot of the people that come through our doors, whether it's through our homes, whether it's through the ministries that we reach out to, they are in situations where there's darkness surrounding them. It could be addiction. It could be poverty, the curse of poverty that is upon them over and over and over again. Have I seen situations where people have come out of it and then go back into, into it again because of that kind of the, the trap that, they, that, the, that Satan continues to put in front of them? Yes. How important is prayer in this ministry? It is so vital that we pray that everyone that comes through the doors, that comes through our ministry, that there is a, we are able to reach out to them in a way that is truly snatching them out from the powers of darkness. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against just the physical part of removing them from an environment for a short time, of, of a period of time, and then when they are released back, it's back to square one. We're here to see the transformative power of Jesus Christ working in and through their lives for an eternal change. Amen? And for that to happen, we have to continually pray. And this is my prayer that this church will continually pray for the ministries under LCSB, for all those that we are serving, for all those that we have the privilege and honour to walk a journey alongside this, this, this many, many years. We have seen many lives that have been transformed and changed. And there are many more lives, the different, you know how many things that the home masters and home supervisors and all those who are in charge of the different ministries have to go through. Please pray for them. I ask you to pray for them. This piece of paper here that you have in your bulletins, please don't just leave it lying around after the service. It's your prayer card. All the home supervisors and everything that we do inside is inside right here. Every single thing, lift them up by name. They deal with things and situations which are, are developing and changing and all the time. The cases that come in, they are so different. And they need your prayer. They need you to stand along together with us to believe that God can transform lives. It would be silly of us to think that we can do this ministry without prayer. 
It would be silly for us to think that we can carry on year upon year upon year without the covering of prayer. Because we are dealing with children, we're dealing with families, we're dealing with individuals and lives that are in darkness. And when, and they, are, when they get out of it, when they come into the homes, when they come through our paths, we, pr we pray and hope that the gospel light of Christ will shine through and change their lives forever. That is why we are doing what we are doing. That was why Paul was going on where he was going. He was going because so that people who are in darkness, they will come to light. And he knew that this church was relying, he could rely on this church to pray for him. That through his prayers, through the all prayers, through the prayers of glad tidings, we will see many lives transformed and changed for the glory of God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Or else, you know what? Then don't do that. It's just another good work, Sunni. At the end of the day, our prayer is really to see that God will transform their lives and change them around for His glory and for His namesake. That those who have yet to know Christ, as they receive whatever they receive through the love and through the extension of glad tidings into the community, they will come to know of the saving grace of our Lord. Amen. This is why we do what we do. So this church was a church that prayed. was a church that, that was supportive, was a church that really, you know, stood in Paul, and Paul knew it. Paul knew it with his heart that this church was praying for him. Friends, we're dealing really with a lot of darkness outside. We started a new initiative called Community Outreach Program that reaches out to a group of refugees. Let me tell you a story here. And these are people just outside, just downtown KL, very close by to us. You know, we do visitations and we, we go to the community every week. And one time as I was in the community visiting the children, the children are now a bit more familiar with us. So every time when we walk around, they will run up to us and give us hugs. Uh, and then they will say, teacher, teacher, and they will come and hug us. There were three men who were standing there, three men of their nationality. They were there standing and they were observing me as I was walking up and down. And then one of the men spoke in Mandarin to me. And he said this in Mandarin, You like children, is it? Then I said, uh, yeah, yes, yes, you know. So I'm trying to evade and I'm trying to go away. You know, I don't want to talk to him. And then, and then as I'm visiting up and down, walking past him again, then he looks at me again. Niyama, do you want? I said, huh? Liang Pai Kwai. 200 ringgit. And he tells me, this house got a lot. It's not even his children. You don't have to go to Thailand for this to happen, to see this happening. It's just downtown in KL. We are fighting against time. We are fighting against the spiritual principalities and darkness that once that is going to a, that is that, that will engulf and cause a lot of these social issues to increase. And we need prayer to be able to continue to do what we're doing. 
prayer covering, please go and talk to the supervisors, to the, those who are in charge of the different ministries, who are volunteer, volunteering in the ministries. Talk to them. They need your prayer. We cannot force, we cannot force anyone of those who come into our home to accept Jesus Christ and, trans, and have a life transformed. You cannot force any of the food bank recipients to, to accept Christ. But you know what? Whatever we do, we believe by faith that as you pray, something happens and the Holy Spirit continues to convict their heart. And the powers of darkness will be broken over their lives. The curses over their families will be broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Secondly, this church was a church that encouraged. Churches encouraged. Philippians 2.25 Paul says this, but I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs. Oh, I love, I love this church. This church didn't only pray for the people, they also sent workers out. They also had people who journeyed alongside. It wasn't just a church that was, yeah, 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 we're praying for you, we're praying for you. It was a church where people, where they believed in it so much, they believed in this cause so much that they sent Epaphroditus out to, 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 to uh, Paul. And it was not, he wasn't just a messenger to Paul to say, ah, okay, okay, Paul, and this is the letter from the church. Uh, we just want to encourage you. It wasn't that. They... Paul referred to him as a co-worker, as a brother, a fellow soldier that you sent to, that he, they've sent to meet the needs, to work together and to encourage him. How encouraging it is to have people to journey alongside. Not just those who would say, yeah, 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 it's good work, good, good job all of you, no good job all of you. It was there physically, he was there. In fact, it says later in this book, in the, in the writing, the Epaphroditus was there serving together with Paul and he was, fell so ill, he almost died. And that's why Paul was saying, okay, I better send him back to you, Ina. Better take care. I mean, he, he has really done his service and he has he's walked along with us already. I better send him back to you all. And that was what was happening. There, was a, there came a point of time when, in fact, he was so ill as a result of serving along or whatever sickness that he had, he caught something, he almost died in the field. I want to thank God for this church. I want to thank God that so many of you have been so encouraging. That so many of you have not just said, good job, well done. So many of you have participated in things because you believe in this cause. You believe that whatever that the church is doing, whatever that, that the endeavours that we are looking into, this is something that you believe and you have walked alongside. And you have come alongside to, to support the homes. And the charity bazaars in, in, in the previous years, you all have really, really rallied along and helped along and raised the funds together, worked hard, sweat, blood, everything, you know, just to be a part of this. And I'm very, very encouraged. And the whole masses are very encouraged. When we had our Love on Wheels last December, when we had the cells visiting the homes and the different ministries, you know, you were such an encouragement to the homes and to the children, to the residents of the different ministries that we are in. When we had the food bank 
and we had the food bank uh, distribution, you know, the luncheon at the end of the year, and we asked ourselves to please come together, donate all the food, you know, and all that. We had all the donations and had volunteers coming in to help pack as well. Can we have the pictures, the next slide? You were there. You were there at the homes. You were there with the people. You were there walking with them. The next slide. You were there. Do you know every month when we receive food, let me tell you this, every month it is by faith the food comes in. There has been months when I know, when I know that, that Angie and the team, they are praying so hard to say, God, it is already the 20th of this month and we still haven't received anything yet. They will pray so hard and somehow God will open the heart of some donors and sponsors and it will come in just on time. But when those food come in, it doesn't magically go into small separate bags. I wish, you know, we can have a, put it into this factory, you know, and then this machine, and then we can, we can, it can pack itself. It requires manual labour. Distributing and putting them into small packs so that so that every family, every individual that we are, we are blessing will be able to receive something. You've gone to homes, you've prayed for our workers, you have brought them out for movies, you have done so many things. And I'm so encouraged. And I want to encourage you, this, that, that church, you have really made a difference. You can say all you want, you can say that, oh, they assume they're being visited by other people. It is, it is, it is irrelevant how many people visit because we are a church, we are a family together. The encouragement that comes from you going there and being physically walking along with us is amazing. Going on visitations, doing all these things. Let me say this to you. If there's one thing I've learned about this ministry is consistency. Consistency makes a whole lot of difference. It can't be like how the politicians do it. When there is an election campaign coming up, then they are found in those places, visiting, giving out goodies, and taking pictures and publicizing it. And then whether they win or they lose, within the next five years, four years plus, there is no sign of them. Until the next campaign comes and they want your votes again, and then they show up at those communities again. Compassion should be our second nature. Should be something that comes forth in a very automatically, automatic response. That we remember these homes, we remember the people that we are journeying alongside, that even if there is no LCS emphasis, you remember that these people, the lives are still going on, these ministries are still going on. Consistency will also bring about trust. It is because of consistency of the different people that go in to visit the different places, that's why there's trust. Because there's consistency in the food bank continuing to give out food every month, that's why the people continue to trust us. I want you to look at this picture down here. It may not seem very much to you. I want you to understand this. We 
we go to this community and we have a children's program with them. Because we've been there since November of last year. Now when we go to this community and we say, ah, there's a party going on for the kids. Do you want to come? And the parents will go, ah, boleh, boleh. Night, night. And they load them up in the truck. Okay, we bring them back at 1.30. Okay, okay, and they will leave us. If I were a bad person, I could have sold them off. The whole truck load of them, I'm sure I can get more than 200 ringgit each. But because of consistency and trust, They trust us enough to know that we will say what we do and we will do what we say and we will bring them back to their home safely. There, is a, there are many, many corporate sponsors and those who are journeying alongside from the corporate sector that has been consistently in our homes. There is one audit firm, one of the big fours, that has sent tuition teachers to our homes consistently for 18 years to give tuition to our kids. 18 years without fail. We trust them. So I'm calling for consistent encouragement. Not one that just, it sparked off, oh yeah, 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 we better do something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Christmas is coming up. Chinese New Year is coming up. Long holidays are coming up. The year end is coming up. School supplies need to be made. Food bank is going to start collecting things again in the days to come so that we can prepare for the Christmas, uh, Christmas events. Consistency. Encouragement that not just says, we'll pray from you afar, but would continue to journey alongside, just like this church who believe in a cause, if you, be, if you really believe in this, if you believe that it is changing lives and touching lives in ways that has never been, that, that can, you and I cannot explain. Journey alongside. Amen? Amen? Think about it as a cell. Think about it as a family. Think about it, how you can continuous, continuously journey along and speak with the home masters of how you can be a part of what they are doing as well. And... Finally, is the G. P, pray, encourage, and G. Give. This was a giving church. Yet, it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out, for, out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. Philippians 4, 14 to 17. This is what Paul was talking about. He was saying that this church, this church was not a church that only gave one time. This church was not a church that gives, you know, uh, uh, once in a while. This was a church that continuously supported him. In fact, the book of Philippians was written 10 years later, yeah. So after, when, when, um, when Paul left Philippi, the next town that he went to was in Thessalonica. In Acts chapter, chapter 17, you read about that. So the next time he went to in Thessalonica, even then, 
He was not out of sight, out of mind. Even then, they continued to bless him and take care of his needs financially. That's what they say. You send me aid more than one time when I was in need. When you walked in here this morning, you saw the displays outside. You saw the number 2K. Did you see that? As you walked in, it's this huge styrofoam outside that says 2K. Did you notice? Okay, if you don't, after you can notice it again. It's, it's quite big. Lah. You can, wouldn't have missed it. It's right in front of you. What does 2K mean? No, don't worry. I'm not asking you to donate 2,000 ringgit. Yeah, some of you are like, oh my goodness, how am I going to do this? No, no, no. 2K. I want you to understand this. That on a monthly basis, monthly basis, more than 2,000 lives are being impacted through the ministries of LCS. Can we have the next slide? More than 2,000 lives. You're not talking about... It is, it is not just the numbers. These are all individuals, families that are represented, homes that are represented, the different ones that are represented. More than 2,000 lives has been impacted through the ministries of LCSB. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for the impact that we are making. Come on. It's the entire church out there. And I believe with all my heart that it's not just church, it's not just done here because many of these people may never even walk and step into this premise. They may never even walk into this place. But as we do what we do, we are bringing the light of Christ, we're bringing the church into the community. We're bringing the church right there where they are at. Meeting the needs right where they are at. Jesus never just stood at one place and waited for everybody to come. He traveled from town to town. He ministered outside so that the people, he would be able to minister to the different ones who are in need. That is church. The church that meets in here and then they are deployed outside to become many, many more lighthouses wherever you are placed in. More than 2,000 lives, is, it excites me. Every month, we are touching more than 2,000 lives. Every month, and I believe that, and I pray with all my heart that this, we will continue to make greater impacts in the days to come. You may and I may not see, you may and I may not understand how that sack of rice can make a difference in somebody's life. They tell you it is a matter of life and death for some. They may not even remember which food bank gave it to them. It's okay. But you know what? May the transformation power of Christ come into their lives and they will see that this is, an extent, this is an extension of Jesus' arms and feet to them in their community. A church in the community. More than 2,000 lives. And because we're reaching out to more than 2,000 lives on a monthly basis, of course, resources are needed. Resources are needed so that we can continue to touch more, we can continue to maintain and sustain and grow whatever we're doing. Let me give you a very simple understanding of what happens on a per annum. 
in the last four, five, four years or so, this is an average, approximate, approximate gauge of operational costs per annum. 750,000 ringgit. 750,000 ringgit is needed per annum. Some years are more, some years are less. Some years are more because incidentals happen. For instance, yesterday, as the kids were coming in in their Jorah van, the van broke down on the way to church. We have to fix, right? Sometimes, house renovation and things like that, things need to be done, things need to be fixed, furnitures are broken, we need those money. We're so thankful that the Lord has provided and He has provided through your giving. He has provided through the different companies that have sponsored and journeyed alongside. But this is a lot of money. And sometimes we wonder, I know sometimes we wonder, why must have another charity bazaar? Didn't we just have a charity bazaar last year? Yes, we did. We raised almost 500000 which was not even enough to cover one year's expenses. This year, we're having a glad bazaar. And we're attempting it in a different way because we said, okay, let's not stress all the cells to move to work it this way. Let's attempt it in a new way by getting different vendors to come in. By having different vendors to work alongside and partner with us. Vendors from outside who have their own clients. You know why? If, I would, if we were to organize another glad bazaar and sell all the clothes all over again and ask you all to come, how many baju can you all buy? Over and over again, correct? I mean, I'm sure got different, got different seasons, different patterns and things like that. But because the quality of the clothing is so good, it's not broken yet. The, the pants that you bought last year is, is still wearable, correct? So again, we said, okay, let's see. How else can we bring in different clients to come in? So we decided, let's try this. Let's ask the outside vendors and turn the space of MPA around to be like a warehouse sale area and Glad Shop being the main anchor tenant of this entire bazaar. Number one, so that we can get outside people to come in and as they are shopping and buying those things from, those from, from, from their, the different brands that are available, they will also be exposed to Glad Shop. We, we will be then... Um, able to tap on their resources and their clientele and be able to shop here. That's why you need to please send out the, the flyers out to everybody and get them to come and, and shop. That is the reason why we're doing what we're doing because it takes money to run all that we are doing. But it's the first time that we're writing this, so this is in, in this manner. So we are also learning, and, and it's a very steep learning curve, curve for everyone who is trying to help to organize it. And we still need volunteers to run alongside to be an encouragement even to the team as well. Because pre-setting up and post-setting and post-teardown is a lot of work. Pre-setting up, meaning we still have to carry things from Glad Shop, all the clothes and everything that needs to be, be, be sold right upstairs to, to MPA Hall, rack it properly and put it nicely so that we are ready for the sales. And then after that, when it finishes on the 7th of September at 6pm, we are trying to pack everything back. Can you imagine, yeah? Pack everything back, make sure the vendors all leave, where all the tables are collected, everything is done. Oh, they really put back the chair so that it's ready for church service the next day. So do we need help? Yes. 
We need lots of hands to come in together to help us. Before the sales and after the sales and during the sales, you come and please come and buy, 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 buy. Shop till you drop. And then after that, we drop some more and then we pull back the chairs and then set it up for service again. Okay? We're doing this together. I pray that you will discuss it together with yourselves as individuals or, or, and you'll, you'll, be, you'll be able to lend your hand even in, in helping out during this glad pasar. Because we want to believe with all our hearts that it will continue to bless many, many more lives. We want to do more. We want to be prepared. We want to prepare ourselves for the impact that Lord, the Lord is using this church to do in a greater way. It is an ongoing thing. It is an ongoing thing that, this, that requires us to put our hands together and keep working at it. How else can you help when you go outside afterwards, when you talk to the home supervisors afterwards and those who are in charge of the different ministries, they have a list of immediate needs that they need at this point of time for the homes. If you as an individual or as a family or as a cell family are able to contribute to those immediate needs, please by all means give in that manner as well. But it is my prayer that we will be like the church at Philippi. A church that prays, continually prays. Remember, please don't throw this in the dustbin or, or scrunch this up. Make this your prayer card. That will continue encouraged to walk alongside. Sign up for the, for, for, as volunteers in Food Bank. You know, plan uh, your trips and visitation even to the different homes that are available. Come with us to the new community outreach program. Walk the streets with me. See for yourself, smell for yourself then you'll understand. Because it's not just about the dollar and cents, it's about these lives. It's about human beings. It's about those who have yet to know Jesus Christ. It's because we believe that the power of God is able to work in and through their lives and something miraculous can turn around for them. They are not hopeless. They just don't have hope. And you and I are the hope bearers. I want to end with this story. Can I have the next slide, please? Rodney Gypsy Smith. He says this, there are five Gospels. Gospels are the revelation of Christ. There are five Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're very familiar with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And he says, and the Christian. Most people will never read the first four. But they will meet you and they will meet me. Gypsy Smith was a son of a, of a man who was, they were born in a Romanian tents in the outskirts of London. Poor, and his father was in and out of prison. His father was a convict in and out of prison for different crimes that he used to com commit. He never went to school, not even for a day, not even for one day. Illiterate, 
coming from a broken home. His mother died when he was a young boy. Didn't have a mother. But because of his father's conviction in, the, in and out of the prison, the father came to know the Lord and his life was changed. He got saved. His family, basically what they did was they sold baskets, tinware and clothes packs for all their lives when, they, when the kids were younger. What happened was, Gypsy Smith gave his life to the Lord when he was 16 years old. He taught himself how to read and to write. And later on, he was spotted out and he was then was, was actually trained and uh, he became a famous evangelist in the Great Britain and in America for 70 years. An evangelist and a revivalist. He held meetings, huge meetings for 70 years. This man whose father was a convict, whose mother had died when he was very young, who is an illiterate. 70 over years before he died of a heart attack at 87 years old. And all his life, every time he held a huge crusade, he would have something in his pocket. And you know what it was? It was a cloth pack. That is why there is a pack on your bulletin. The pack on your bulletin is not so that because today, this weekend got so many inserts, so we have to close it all together so that it doesn't fall out, no. This pack here is a reminder of two things. Number one, may you remember what I shared about the church at Philippi. May we be like that church. P-E-G, a church that prays, encourages, and gives. And may you also remember someone like Gypsy Smith, someone who never, who would never, we would never even think that he would do what he would do because of God's transformation power changed his life around. And today, he is remembered as one of the, one of the great revivalists and evangelists who was a part of Salvation Army and many others, many other organizations that reached out to many and, and spoke the gospel to many. And that's why he says what he says. There are five gospels, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the Christian. And most people do not read the first four. I don't know how their lives will turn out. Those in our homes, those whom we are reaching out to. But it is with that hope that through the transformation work of Jesus Christ, God can do miracles in and through them. Amen. I pray that you will keep this as a reminder in your pockets, in your bags, that truly we can be like a church, like Philippi Church, that will continue to bless and do, money more, do much more and be a church, not just here on a Sunday, but be a church to the community wherever God has placed us. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet even as we pray.